0: i on mic oh oh yes yeah (laughs) that's not Mike. excellent so um while ben's just organizing himself with that can i ask what did you come up with in terms of when you say the word prayer what do you think of so i want at least five contributions there you go the challenge is out there communication with god thank you Mm, formula, mildly formulaic. Nice. Uh, Any, we've got two, three to go. Relationship. Thank you. I'm going to have to pick on people. Ooh, you sound like me. (gasps) Warnocks. Praise. Thank you. Um, Intimacy. Thank you. And I'm going to have you as well. Come on, Bish personal thank you okay so just from those sort of uh, ideas and thoughts there are some very different images that prayer can uh, conjure up for us aren't they really so we're going to explore that a little bit more over to you Ben thank
1: you Um, but before we start you all should have got given one of these and you've been thumbing through going oh what is it you know what can I how can I use it what could it be Um, I had not
0: for shopping lists
1: No, it's not for shopping lists. Um, But we have given you all of one of these. On the back, I enjoy designing this, so obviously you can see I had a bit of fun. On the back, there's a space, and you can write your name on it, because it's not to be shared. No, Um, The whole idea of this is that it is personal, it is to you, because we would like these to be used as like a prayer journal for the next three months. Um, it could be for notes from preachers that we do, um, because all the different topics we're looking at over the next three months, you'll find on the inside page. So that page there is detailing all the different topics that we're looking at over the next three months. Um, and then there's spaces. There's a little nice little note from Matt and I in there about why we're doing it. Um, but then you have spare pages, and that is for you. You can make notes from the preachers that people give. It may be you use this at home as a prayer journal. Um, but I'm going to ask Anna, what's a prayer journal, Anna?
0: Well, a prayer journal could be whatever you choose to make it, but it is about uh, having a method to communicate with God. So whether you choose that to be a a personal uh, approach to God, whether you choose it to be praise, whether you choose to write a prayer that might be um, uh, um, something that you want to uh, copy from So I'm thinking formulaic is where I'm going with this. But there are some great prayers out there which take you through um, a, a kind of prayer journey with God. You could write that down in there and use that to remind yourself. It could be a whole range of things. But the idea is to encourage yourself to get something down on paper, I guess. It's about trying to help us focus. We're absolutely um, terrible in some ways as human beings, aren't we? Our attention will flip and wander and move into different places, and particularly when we're trying to pray. So for some of us, having a focus of being able to write something down to capture what we thought or a feeling, that can be really helpful to keep us focused on prayer.
1: Yeah. Other things can be like, what are you praying for? Sometimes I forget what I've prayed for and then God answers the prayer, and because I've not always paid attention to what I've been praying for, I don't see God answer it. Um, I know Andrew and I have had a small conversation. I know Andrew has prayer journals and writes a lot of prayers down. Um, word for word, is it, Andrew? I should have asked that. Or is it just more bullet points? Yeah. And that's, that's
0: one of the a great point.
1: exactly. That's, it's nice how that came out there. Because this is not a one size fits all. This is down to you as an individual. You might just put two things on a page and that's enough. You might fill every single line with information. Fine. This is you. This is very personal to how you want to and use this. Some people might be digital. Some people might look at this book and go, Ooh, books. They might get up their phone and start making notes on their phones. There's lots of apps that you can use. I know Anna uses a prayer app.
0: That's called Echo.
1: There you go. Thank you. Um, and she logs her prayers on Echo as an app. We're just trying to create an environment where you make this work for however best you want to. We're going to use it in life groups. So our life groups will also have these. And we're going to come back and push this sort of talks back into life groups during the week. So this journal for you is going to be hopefully your little friend for the next three months yep so i think i've answered the question in the journal and if you're at home i feel like answering so i can say this has gone say if you're at home and you haven't got one and would like one we're aware that some people don't get to church at the moment we can take these to you um and i've got copies outside if we run out i can order some more it is not a problem um we ordered 60 70 but they can be used and however. So if you want them, but if you lose one, what do we do? Is there, like, punishment? No.
0: No, if you lose one, I think we'll need to hear the story <laughs> and decide whether you get one back. Yeah, I, I just my think dog ate it. It's not going to work.
1: But I know Marla does eat lots of homework. I'm just worried about Matt and where Matt might leave it. That's where, <laughs> but that's why you've got your names on the back. So if somebody does find Matt Warnock's prayer diary, um, please don't look through it, but then do pass it back to him. Sorry, Matt, I couldn't resist. Um, yeah, so that's the first bit. Prayer journal, use them, make notes. You've got pens. If you need a pen and you haven't got one today, I've got loads outside if they don't work.
0: Can I just check? You said those at home, if they haven't got one, can get one. Yep. Who do they need to ask? Me. Okay, lovely, thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I will or if people from life groups want to take some back for their life groups, we will have some outside and we can pass them on that way. Excellent. So, why crying out? That's the next bit. I've had to write more notes to work with Anna this morning. This is very. Because <laughs> normally I just give myself bullet points and just leave it. But for Anna to work with me, she wants me to be a bit more detailed. Thank you. Um, so, the vision behind why crying out. Um, at the beginning of the book, it says about how we had a conversation at leaders around prayer and how we had a conversation about how all of us come very differently to prayer. And we were talking about. Um, that we pray, we have a daily prayer thing to know what's going on for individuals in the church. We have prayer meetings, we do things like that. But we then got this conversation around. So, but what does the Bible say about prayer? Oh, we go to the Lord's Prayer. And but then the more we look at it, you see this beautiful sort of dynamic variety of prayer within the Bible. And a lot of them are heartfelt, broken prayers. They're somebody's heart just. Sharing everything that's inside of them, whether it's the pain, whether that's the joy, whether that's the overflow of a situation. But it's this something within that just breaks out. And that's a cry. And we, Anna and I, don't know, when we were prepping this, got talking about like a baby. Now, babies cry a little bit. Yes? <laughs> Sorry. Did you see that look over there? Yes, they cry a bit. Um, but I remember, and I say, obviously, my children are a bit older now, a bit older. Um, I remember the cries. And at the beginning, I didn't know which cry meant what. Because every cry sounded exactly the same.
0: And I can attest to that, because I left him with Ethan (laughs) for about four hours. And when I came back, the poor boy was screaming. And I went, have you not fed him? And he went, was I supposed to? (laughs)
1: Okay, this is not the... That, not, not that story, sorry. We talked about nice stories. No, but that's an example, isn't it? So I heard the cry. and thought, oh, he'll be fine. He's just a baby, and it, it'll, it'll stop. Um, what I didn't realize is that I should have fed him two hours beforehand, and that's what the bottle was in the pram. But yeah, let's not talk about my badness. Um, but then we learn over time for Ethan and Esther what was a cry for hunger, what was a cry of pain. What was a cry just because they're angry and frustrated and upset? And we saw the variety of cries. But you started to know when a pain cry was, and that was different. And some of this, as we think about crying out, and that's why we use that as our title, is that actually there's a difference of our prayer. It's not all at that level. We're suggesting through this series that there's lots of different levels of prayer and ways of prayer. What other words could you suggest Anna, or descriptors prayer for prayer because this is your bit
0: oh yeah well that's i kind of already done that because i asked everyone to think about visual images oh sorry um i think one of the things as well that kind of comes into this is thinking about um there is no right or wrong really It's just about, I think someone used the word communication at the very beginning. It is just about communication, whether that's through praise, whether it's through someone else's written words, whether it's about your personal outpouring. Um, And crying out, I think, does really mean that there is um, this heartfelt plea, I guess, whether that's in praise or in sorrow. Um, And Ben's popped up there uh, some items... From the Infographic
1: Bible. I don't know if you've come across this book. Um, Chris lent it to me, and it is fantastic. Um, Really clever. I'm quite a visual learner, so this really suited me. Um, But for some reason, as you can see by that lovely spreadsheet and example, It's quite hard to see the detail. So that's why you've not got it on the slide. But if you'd like to have a look, this is the, like, prayers of the New Testament. And it just looks purely from the text, um, and all the different types of prayer. And we have, because I've been looking for, like, some categories or listings of what different types of prayer. This is just the New Testament. And this is the list that they provide. So there's 12 um different types of prayer in the new testament and i was just going to quiz anna because she did read this last night didn't you so i can put the book down because i was just wondering what what's intercession anna uh,
0: intercession is r- requesting <laughs> help for others from god um but it's that constant continuous pushing in to try and see well god do something
1: good recovery no and Unknown words, we looked at that one, and I was wondering, what does that mean? Is that when they were just muttering, and nobody understood what they were saying? But this is the lots of examples in the Bible where it just says, and the disciple prayed. Or they were praying for Jairus's daughter, and there was just prayer happened, and she was healed. There was no examples of words. It was just, we know they prayed, and then there was an action. Um, what's another one, Anna, you can think of? Pro- Confession, saying we're sorry, corporate prayer. And... I suppose for us in the series, we want to show that prayer is just not one thing. And that gives you a great slide of examples of what it can be. And that's not exhaustive. That's just the New Testament. When we look at the Old Testament, again, you see different, many different examples um, of what could be. Now, I've chosen four examples in the Bible as examples of different ones. Um, Hannah, in 1 Samuel 1, 11 to 20, um, she was sitting in the courts um, praying or just mumbling out of her mouth, and Eli saw her and thought she was drunk. What a great story she said you know in challenge town said you 're gibbering what are you saying? are you drunk you shouldn 't come into the temple drinking wine and she says no i've not i 'm not drinking trust me i 'm not drinking and she generally shares her sorrow and says this um, eleven to twenty Hannah was here we go. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Anne was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. What a wonderful example of what prayer is like. But also quite amusing that Eli thought she'd been drinking wine and beer. So something that she was just muttering in a heart. Prayer not heard or seen or shared, but something inside. Um, Psalm one thirty nine, we move to David and Psalms has got a great selection of prayers. Um and it's a simple couple of words, Psalm one hundred thirty nine, twenty two to twenty four, and it says this Search me, O God, and know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts, see if there is anything offensive in me and lead me in the way everlasting. David is asking God to do something with him. It's where we saw Hannah. It was her plea for God to do a miracle within her body. David is praying that something about his soul, his spirit, will be changed. Philippians 1. Paul writes, and this is my prayer, Philippians 1. Let's find that quickly. And I have, you can... These will all come up in midweek in your pressed um, Bible study stuff. So um, Philippians 1, 9 to 11 says this, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth and insight, so that it may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, the glory and praise of God. We now see another example of somebody praying for people, praying into situations, praying for your friends and your family that they want to see something different. And this is my prayer, that you will understand the riches of God. And then lastly, for this little section, um, I think for me, um, Acts 12, 4 to 7, we see Peter in prison Um So after arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone on the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrists. And I'll just go back down to verse 12. And it says this. When this had dawned on him, the fact that he had been set free and the angel had led him out of prison. Obviously a normal thing for Peter. Um, When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant girl, girl called Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was overjoyed and ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. Four very different examples of prayer. Different ways in which they were happening. Different ways and who they were for, who they were affecting. And this comes, I suppose, to the next slide, if it is, is the four three areas that we're looking at for the next three months. Um, So firstly, cries of our heart. What is it inside of us? So the first four sessions we're looking at is about us individually, you as a Christian, as somebody who follows God. It's the up bit of of our vision, so it's keeping him within that. The second bit is cries. Have I moved? How did I do that? Okay. (laughs) Cries for the church. What is it that we want to see God do in our church family? The in. And then thirdly, cries for our local community, our local area. What are we called to do in our wider community? And how is prayer going to lead us and undergird all we do? Our out. So the three things that we're looking at, and I say, at the beginning of our prayer journal, did you skip it through then? Well, it did something funny. It was there. It's magic so they're the three things that we're looking at over the three months four weeks of each subject all trying to focus us and guide us into praying differently to expand our prayer experience and it, I hate the word experience I and mean, we're trying to find a word that really describe what this is it's not really experience because it's relationship this goes back to what we said at the beginning but we want this time as church, as leaders to deepen our prayer life because there's always more It's not saying where we are is not good enough, but there's this thing about relationship. You can never have enough relationship with God. And I'm going to lead into you, my dear. So as an example of prayer, we also, as individuals, have very different examples. Slide away.
0: So this is where that slide was meant to come up. That one. I don't know why it was moving as... Magic. Um, Fantastic. So thinking, when Ben starts talking about all this stuff, he gets very passionate, and he gets very excited, and he um, loves praying. Um, I come at it slightly differently, in that most of the time I think I'm just pretty rubbish at praying, and um, think that my prayers probably don't get much above the ceiling and um, and I very often find myself thinking back to times when I've prayed and what i've been asking for is just not happening I just don't see it it doesn't it, so it's just very unfulfilled would be perhaps the way I would kind of describe how I often think about prayer so we come at things very differently so as we were preparing I said um but that, the way you see prayer isn't how everybody else necessarily see prayer. And the way I see prayer isn't anybody else's experience necessarily. So one of the things that is really important for us to consider as we are at the beginning of this journey over the next three months is to think about how are we coming to that concept of prayer. So what are our role models? Have we got some role models of people who are great prayers? And are those role models encouraging us to stretch for more? Or are we finding ourselves longing to be more like them? Or possibly feeling insecure because we just don't think we're good enough? But it might also be about those disappointments, some of which um, I certainly find sit in my concept of prayer. Some of those disappointments about when I've prayed so hard for something to change Um, and the biggest one for me with that is my mum's illness and my mum's illness with ME since I was the age of 8 has been ongoing I'm nearly 47 now and I was 8 when she first became ill and I have prayed throughout my life as have many other people and she has never been healed yet And that, for me, has caused many issues around what I view prayer like and how I come and engage in prayer. What other baggage do we bring to prayer? So what other things might there be in our lives that we bring as baggage um, that might be things to do with, "I've, I've been praying for my friends who don't know Jesus. I've never yet seen one come to Christ. So what other baggage might I bring? What what message am I telling myself? Because we are our own worst enemies in our heads around what God wants to do with us and how he can use us. But within all that, there can also be some highs. Because despite all those things that I've mentioned about the concepts that come to prayer with me, I've also had the huge privilege of serving at New Wine on the prayer team of all places. I really think God has a sense of humor. Um, you know, I'm on the prayer team. I'm leading the prayer team for a thousand young people all gathered together um, between the ages of 11 and 18. And I'm there trying to help them to meet with God, praying for them, with them, about their situations and supporting others in praying for them as well. And there's been some real highs in that. Um So it's about looking at, I think, really taking that scan around your experiences, your concepts, your baggage, your disappointments, your highs, your lows, your role models, and picking out some of those that are perhaps important or influential in how you might be starting this journey over the next three months. So... Take your time this week to unearth some of that. Whether you're sitting in the car driving to work and contemplating it, whether you take yourself off for 15 minutes or half an hour somewhere quiet, whether you grab that time at midnight when all the kids are quiet and in bed, whatever it is, take some time to unearth what those things might be for you and to capture them in that journal you've been given. If you do nothing else, That would be a great way to start, to capture some of those things in there. And then also, the piece of paper that we've given you with those journals is a self-assessment. So it's a tool that you can use to take yourself through a series of questions and a view of prayer and kind of go, do I do that often? Do I do it never? Is it occasional? So capture some of those. And for those of you who like this kind of thing, it'll help you to really focus in on where do you want to go over this next three months. It's a baseline. This is about with that um, thinking about unearthing those barriers to prayer and then looking at how prayer can be, putting that all together to decide where am I at right now and where do I want to be in three months? Because none of us should really be wanting to stay right where we are with no change
1: and one of the challenges i think we bring into that is about where god wants you to be um when i became a christian um in the quite a few years ago um the whole thing was you should spend time praying in the morning you should read your bible every day before you get up and i as a christian thought that had to be at least half an hour every morning i'm not a morning person so I found that really hard to begin with because I thought, well, actually, I'm not a proper Christian if I'm not getting up and reading my Bible and praying for half an hour beforehand. I've got to do my daily notes. I've got to do this, this, and this. And I fell into this trap of, well, actually, to do this is what it means to be a Christian. And then somebody helped me and went, actually, no, you need to ask God what you need to do and how you need to work. Now, my prayer life is very different to Anna. Anna's is quite structured. Mine is not structured. And it's not like saying, well, yours is right or well, mine's right. It's about letting God and the Holy Spirit help you develop your prayer life. And I think that's really important because I'm very good at comparing and contrasting. I looked as a younger Christian where, and as much more mature, mature Christian when we were growing up. I need to be like that. I need to copy that. No. Speak to people. Find out what they do. Use them as your counsel of reference. Just find the different ways of doing it. But don't feel that somebody has this utopian idea of how to pray best. I can give you 20 or 30 books all talking about different methods of prayer. Which one's right? All of them. Because actually they are all learning and through their guidance of the spirit within them, working out what their prayer life is going to look like. And it says in the questionnaire, this is not a guilt thing. You know, as we were putting the questionnaire together, oh my days, I'm quite low on that score. That's not the purpose. The purpose is to help you have a starting point. That's that's what it's for. It's not for you to think, oh my days, and the devil will come in and just try and say, actually you're rubbish. Actually, why do you even want to start praying? Because actually you're no good at it now. Don't even bother. That's not, no, that's what we're praying against, and that's what, as leaders, we've been praying for that actually we hear God's guidance on this topic. And I'm going to share just a little verse with you guys. Have I got the clicker back? Um, in the book, it says we're doing 1 Peter 4 7. There you go. Oh, look at that. It's a very sensitive clicker today. Yeah, I'll just leave it there. I don't want to touch it again. So this is the anchor, I suppose, for our whole series. It's not a long verse. It's quite a short one. Um, It comes, obviously, as you can see, in 1 Peter. Um, And Peter is writing to the local church um, about trying to keep going. Don't give up. This is, you know, it's a long journey. Do not give in to what you've started. Persecution is coming their way um they're starting to see the church fracture because the government are realizing these christians can be quite anti-government by being jesus-like and he's understanding that actually they are facing two different types of kingdoms the world the government around them and what god is asking them to be and the end of all things is near it sounds like a monty python sketch but if you're old enough you remember young sorry i'll explain that later Um, it's the end of the world is near, they they had this reality that actually it could all finish tomorrow. We don't sit in that sort of reality today thinking the end of the world is near, which has been horrible. 2021, we could all talk about that, 2020 and how bad it is. But we don't sit with that tension where for the disciples and the early church, they lived with that daily, that God could be coming back tomorrow. This is it. It's all finished. We also see in Colossians 3, um, verse 1, says, says, since, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your th- mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So again, another New Testament writer aware that actually... This tension, this new life is coming, this new kingdom. Obviously, a couple of thousand years later, it wasn't as quick as they were expecting. But simply is this. We need to hold the context that we are talking and living about an earthly kingdom. And we're living in the earthly one. So how do we hold that tension? But that's our current situation. And then we get these two proactive responses. So if I can push... I pushed it, and it's going to come about five minutes' time. Let's see? Malk, I might just ask you to do it, because this is not liking me. So, be alert. And it's funny how Peter is the one that is challenging the church to be alert. Um, I don't know if you can remember back and think of Peter in Gethsemane with Jesus. He's jesus is, knows he's going to be crucified and it's this. done the last supper and they've gone up and he's asked his special disciples peter and the sons of zebedee great names Anna would not let me call ethan that but i thought it'd been a great name um and peter is one of the disciples that goes with jesus and he asks jesus joy jesus asks his disciples to stay awake to be alert and we all know what peter did He fell asleep three times. Jesus comes back, reminds him, come on, guys, please sit with me, stand with me in this moment. And they fall asleep. So it's amazing. And I think this is the beautiful irony of scripture at times that Peter is using this language now to be alert because he knew what it meant to not be alert. He knew what it meant to not get it right. And that is our situation. Are we alert And are we proactive in our response to be alert to things around us? Are we listening to what God has to say? Or are we falling asleep? And then the sober-minded is the second response. And I always thought about this as growing up reading this. They're talking about being not drunk. And the more you look into it, actually, to be of sound mind or sober-minded is to be in the right mind. A Greek talks about it more under that way rather than just being drunk or having had too much alcohol. So the opposite of being in your right mind is actually being out of your mind. Isn't that an interesting idea? That actually we are being challenged here to be of sober mind, of clear thought, in the right mind. Thank you. And when I was thinking about this, in this sort of challenge of which world are we living in? Where do we hold? Are we being alert and sober minded? Or do we fall into the traps around us that actually we go into the complacent? And as I was writing this list, it was, felt like it was my list. It's cynical. I can be so cynical. I'm really good at cynical. I thought it was a spiritual gift for a long time. Um, but I realized it's not. Um, I can do it so well. Anxious mind, the distracted mind, the selfish mind. And I think this is the sort of the counter to be of sound or sober-minded, that actually our mind takes us down different paths that actually is not where God wants us to be. And as I say, I'm prepping this, I could take a whole day talking about this sort of areas and explaining how I see the complacent mind, you know, where we are called. You see from Paul challenging the church in Colossia to be on your guard, be ready. The complacent my mind goes, eh, well, never mind. It's not that important. Actually, God's not coming back too quickly. I don't have to pray about that. I'll just leave it cynical. Well, if I do pray, what's the point? Nothing is going to change. And it's been a real interesting challenge as we've been putting this together to say, actually, God, you want me to stand on this side, not this side. And so easily, as I was looking at this, I fall into the trap of being more on that list rather than being a sound mind. And then the last bit, Mal, with your other hand. <laughs> so I've just seen you go to that bit. It's Peter's challenge. it's aware of the current situation. He's giving us his two proactive responses that we should be of sober mind and alert. And it simply says this, so that we can pray. And I just, I love the simplicity. Once we understand which world we're fighting for and which world we're staying in, the fact that we have this response that we are called to do, that actually that's where we just start praying. But what does that look like? What does that mean? And this quite seems quite simple, so that we may pray. Over the next three months, alongside doing the study, can I have the next... There we go. Next three months we are going to do more prayer. Who would have guessed? Do a series on prayer and pray more. I know. So this is gonna go out and sharing life later and Kerry's gonna put it in the notices for the rest of the next three months um so we've got these six different things that we're challenging and there's so many more we could have written on this um but join or start a prayer triplet now as a church matt and i've been talking about this for years and this is one of matt's favorite things to really encourage about so i'm going to get you to speak to matt afterwards if you're not in a prayer triplet and would like to be in one and matt and i will to speak to matt and we'll facilitate and help you find a prayer triplet I know, having been in a prayer triplet and Anna's in a prayer partner, so you don't have to do three, you could do two. But this is about somebody else standing with you, helping you pray through situations and moments that you may just think you deal with yourself. It's hard, it's vulnerable, it's not something that's naturally easy for people, I would say. Not often. Not often.
0: I think with them, um, you just have to keep meeting, keep talking, keep sharing. But some of the things we can do as well, if you are going to be starting a prayer um, partnership or triplet, um, is there are lots of lovely resources that can just help you focus a little bit when you're not so familiar with each other and you're getting to know each other.
1: Yeah, yeah. So now, prayer triplets or prayer partners, prayer quadruple, quadru- quadru- yeah, stop. Yeah, prayer fours. Um, we're going to do a prayer meeting every Wednesday for the next three months at Cloverlink. 7.30, and I know with COVID, it might make it a bit interesting. If you all turn up, we'll have to stand outside and do it. But I don't think all of you will be there. Do you know? Just hedge my bets.
0: Is that fair to say that? Where is your faith? I
1: know. But again, I've told you that my list, I'm quite good at that one. Um, cynical. Um,
0: you said every week. I'm assuming that means two and three are alternating.
1: Yes. Look at that. Thank you, Anna. Yeah. So on the 5th of January at 7.30, we're going to be praying for an hour. Um, and that will be done at Cloverlink. The following week is going to be praise and worship, because sometimes we do our prayer in a different way. So I will be there every week with my guitar, and we'll either sing songs together or we'll read scripture together. Because, again, worship is not always singing. It is just sometimes just sharing scriptures that are on our heart. And we're going to be doing that for the next three months, all the way through. Go on, you can have a question.
0: And if you can't do a whole hour, you can, can t- you come and then leave?
1: Yes. You could come for 10 minutes and leave. It's it's just trying to create a structure for people if they would like to come. But also, you don't actually have to physically be there. You could do this in your own house. I know, it's modern, isn't it?
0: How will you facilitate that one?
1: Because it's just giving people a structure. If we know every week that the church is praying at Wednesday for an hour at 7.30 to 8.30, it may be some of you, and I I do believe this happens, there's teachers that get up at 6 in the morning. Oh, my goodness. I don't believe it's true. I think they just tell me this is a, a <laughs> guidance. Um, but we all have different jobs, and it's not always easy to be at 7.30. But it may be that's your drive to work. So that is when actually, if you know we're all praying, and I'm going to put stuff on the Sharing Life group so that we can see what we're praying about for different days, it may be that's when you use your time to pray for these things. So, is that right? Thank you. Good. Um, we have a prayer walk from Cloverlink on a Friday um, once a month, and that is where we're going to just literally walk around the area. Again, I'm aware not everybody can do that because people have jobs. That means they don't have the flexibility like I do. So, but we're going to do that. We're going to walk around our area. So where Cloverlink is in the estate around there, we've done it a few times. We're going to get back into the habit of doing that, just walking around, praying into the houses, situations and having done that for about four months before and we had a little break and I thought it's amazing to walk around and just get that sense of what God is saying but also what we need to pray into because there's certain sections when we walk around and it just feels quite oppressive, feels locked in feels like you just worry about individuals because they don't get out of their homes other areas you think actually this is quite nice so then you're praying into different things so we're doing that Godfrey does a prayer meeting, and I need to clarify what dates these are, because Kerry and I couldn't find them. But I know Godfrey does a prayer meeting once a month at his house. And then, come along to twenty four one And Anna went, why one? Because we're going to do it for one day. So on the 16th of March, Cloverlink will have it set up, so we're going to have 24 hours of prayer. So I'm aware that some people might be up again in the middle of the night with children, so I'm hoping if you're awake feeding, then you can take an hour. (laughs) but others might want to wake up and pray so we're taking prayer seriously as a church for the next three months and this is just a few if you wanted to do something else that is not on this list by all means come and talk to matt and i we would love to see different ways and different things we could do and bring into prayer over this next three months
0: is that the end i think that's it okay so i'm going to give a quick summary thank you um so the quick summary is, prayer's really different for every one of us. There's no <coughs> right or wrong. Um, we need a baseline. We need to know where we're starting from, and we need to take a moment to consider some of those things that may be barriers or encouragers to our prayer lives. So the two things that you have particularly need to focus on over this week is to spend some time to capture in your journal in some format what might be some of those barriers, things that influence the way you view prayer, and to consider the use of that self-assessment. That may not suit everybody, and that's fine, but if you want to use it, consider the self-assessment to give yourself an idea of what bits to focus on. And then this week in life groups, there are some questions that we have provided to explore a little bit more those 12 or and more different ways of prayer, different models of prayer in the Bible, so that we can explore them together and think about which ones we perhaps don't use as much, which ones do we not understand or know how to engage in, and explore that together so that we begin to build a slightly wider picture for ourselves of how we can pray. But whatever we do, it's just about one step forward. That's really all we're looking at, is asking God where does he want us to be personally? Where does he want us to be working as a church family in prayer? And where can we focus um, ourselves and our prayer lives on for our community around us? So it's just one step forward towards some of those things. And that will look different for each of us But that's what makes us diverse and it's what God loves because we're all made in his image.